In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. First, on behalf of the parish, I'd like to wish all our mothers a happy Mother's Day. That includes spiritual mothers, godmothers, grandmothers. Thank you for all that you do and are for us. This week, I'm taking comprehensive exams, which will mean the end of my four years of theological studies for the priesthood and my return to my monastery in St. Louis in a few weeks. I just want to take the opportunity to say how grateful I am for the time that I've been here at St. John's. It's been a very rich experience for myself, and I felt very welcome, so thank you. I also had to integrate this homily into my exam prep. So this is going to be a homily about the virtue of charity. And hopefully I will get an exam question on the virtue of charity. <laughs> Thomas Aquinas defines charity as friendship with God. He quotes a verse we just heard from the Gospel of John. I no longer call you slaves. I have called you friends. The creator of the universe, the eternal word of God, calling human beings his friends. Aristotle, who lived four centuries before Christ, came to know that recognize the existence of God, the unmoved mover, he called him. But when considering whether man could ever be friends with God, he thought, no, that's impossible, because there's nothing in common. So what does it mean when God incarnate says, I have called you friends? Well, it may be helpful to say first what it is not. Friendship is about love, but it's not just any kind of love. It's not just a love of desire. A friend is not good for me the way a glass of wine is good for me, or a new car is good for me. It's more than that. Friendship is also not just a general benevolence or goodwill for another. We can have this for strangers, or even for those we know, but who are not our friends. Rather, friendship is about something in common, something shared, some good that you hold together with the friend and wish for one another. There's a reciprocity to friendship. It could be something very mundane, shared interest in baseball, or maybe shared work at the office, shared family or religious values. The higher the common good, the higher the friendship. But back to Aristotle, what could we possibly have in, good, in common with God? What can we share with God? Well, the answer is God himself. Through the incarnation of Christ, we are given precisely this good of God himself by grace. And this is charity. God's life, God's goodness living in us and our sharing this life with him. What sharing in baseball is to a friendship between two men, sharing in God is between a friendship 
between man and God. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. The Father loves the Son by the Holy Spirit. This is what the Holy Spirit is, just simply the infinitely intense relationship of love between the Father and the Son, so intense that it's a third person of the Trinity. St. Paul says, The love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Spirit dwelling within us. And St. Augustine, commenting on St. Paul, says, Let us love God with God. Yes, indeed, since the Holy Spirit is God, let us love God with God. So God himself, dwelling in us by grace, is what we have in common with God. It's the basis of our friendship with him. So what are some effects or consequences of this friendship with God? There are many. I'd like to talk about three. First of all, friends see each other as another self, as a reflection or extension of themselves. So we see the good, we see and experience the good of our friend as our own good. One of my brother monks studies at Oxford, and he graduated last year, and he received a first, which for Oxford is like the highest honors. And as his friend, I experienced that in some way as my own good. I was happy for him. So Christ said to his apostles, I have told you all these things that my joy may be in you and your joy complete. Our joy is his joy. And also our misery is his misery. Remember what he said to Saul on the road to Damascus. Why are you persecuting me? He sees us as extensions of himself as members of his mystical body. And it goes the other way, too. When Christ is mocked, when the church is persecuted, we feel that because we are friends with God. Secondly, we generally try to avoid upsetting our friends. The more we value our friendship with God, the more we will want to remove any obstacles that get in the way. This is the one who loves me, he says, the one who keeps my commandments. And we avoid breaking his commandments, not just out of a fear of hell, although that, that's a good beginning, but more because it will put a block or an impediment to our friendship with him. And as charity grows, this is something we almost do by instinct. In the Gospel of John, the Lord says, Whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Charity is like that river of living water. And as it flows, it easily moves sticks or mud out of the way. Anything that would clog our relationship with God. The best way to avoid the muck of sin is to grow in charity. And third, friends spend time together. That's a basic characteristic of friendship. They live under the same roof as husband and wife, or maybe just get together for golf or for a book club. 
The Lord says, whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will make our home with him. We will dwell with him. This is why we are given the Eucharist, the communion, so that we can be with him, so that we can spend time with him, and he can live in us. Remember those words that we recite before communion. I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, under my home, into myself. The Eucharist simply is the sacrament of charity. It's the sacrament of God's friendship. Aquinas tells us there's nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. If this is the case with human friendship, how much more is it the case with divine friendship? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.